Hello there, music teacher friends, and welcome to episode number 112 of the Beyond Measure podcast. I am Christina Whitlock, also known as your anytime piano teacher friend, and I am here to hang out with you for the next 20 minutes or so. I apologize for being MIA last week. It's just really hard to be a podcaster, or a teacher for that matter, when laryngitis strikes and you have no voice. Oh, (laughs) regardless, my girls really did enjoy co-hosting the episode for me last week, and they especially loved all of the kind messages you sent cheering them on. So thanks for that. (laughs) Thanks for indulging all of us. And today, we are going to continue our examination of the overall structures of how we spend our lesson time. Let's get to it. I've been spending the last few new episodes of this podcast talking about ways that we can and should occasionally deviate from that standard lesson routine of Assign, practice, pass, repeat. But after spending so much time talking about disrupting the status quo, I find myself wanting to examine why routine is actually very important to the lesson experience. So the gist of today's conversation is this. As much as I love finding exceptions to our lesson routines, and as much benefit as I find in shaking things up every once in a while, the truth is making exceptions to routines only works if there is indeed a routine in the first place. (laughs) You can't forge a new path if there wasn't already an existing path to begin with. You can't shake things up all the time because that's just going to lead to chaos and instability. If you listened to episode number 95 on rethinking team sports, or if you've ever been to one of my presentations that I call the Varsity Musicians Playbook, you already know that I have this strong belief that a successful lesson experience is one where our students know exactly what they can expect from us and exactly what we expect from them. I happen to believe that this is an essential component to the feeling of belonging, which is something that I want my students to experience here. I want them to feel as though they belong to something here. They are part of my studio community, and therefore, they need to know what to expect from me and, again, what I expect from them. If either of those components get a bit fuzzy, that feeling of belonging is going to be a lot more difficult to capture. So, routines, they're actually really important. And I know I've been giving that cycle of 
assign, practice, pass, repeat a really hard time the last few weeks. And I just have to say one more time, it's because I do think we get stuck in that mindset sometimes and we forget that there's a lot more to teaching someone than simply offering up corrections on something they practiced the previous week. But today, let's think about what routines are working for us. That's what I want to focus on. So I want you to think through the structure of your typical lesson. But, hear me on this, I want you to consider this from your student's perspective. Like, what would your student say the typical lesson routine looks like? If you're feeling brave, you might even ask a handful of them this week. Ask your students to describe the logistics of how the lesson works. Wouldn't that be really interesting to hear their perspective? Like, what happens when your student comes through the door? Do they have a clear expectation of where to go and what to do? What do you guys do first in the lesson? Is there perhaps a minute of chit-chat while you pull books out of a student's bag or get their assignment set up for their lesson? What comes after that? Probably a physical warm-up of some sort. Past that, most of us typically move into some kind of sequence through repertoire the student was supposed to practice for the week, (laughs) along with maybe some sight playing or some aural skills, some written theory work, duets, improvisation, you know, (laughs) all the things, right? (laughs) Well, unless you're a superhuman, you likely don't get through all of those things in the same lesson, right? So the bulk of the lesson is probably going to look very different from teacher to teacher and even student to student based on what you plan to prioritize that day. And at the risk of veering off topic today, I have to ask this. What is your plan for incorporating all of those skills into your lessons? Do you maybe aim to improvise during the first week of every month? I know in a perfect world, we would improvise every lesson, and maybe that is something that you do. But if you are a teacher who is newer to improvising in lessons, Planning to do one exercise the first week of each month is a lot more doable than getting frustrated with yourself for neglecting that skill week after disappointing week. (laughs) Same goes for any of those other activities I mentioned. If they matter to you and your teaching, how do you plan to incorporate those into your lesson routine? I'm asking because I know, like so many things in life, if you don't intentionally work them into your lesson plan, you are not going to get them done. It's just not a reasonable expectation of yourself. And then you're going to beat yourself up for the umpteenth time because you feel like you're not providing the kind of service that you want to provide. I wish I could tell you how to work all of those skills in, and I do have a few ideas, but for today, 
I'll just start by challenging you to make sure that you do have a realistic expectation in place for yourself. If you don't have a plan, like a concrete idea to start small in incorporating that neglected skill that is nagging at you, (laughs) you need to start there. Plan one small introductory activity and give it a try this week. (laughs) That's all you can do. (sighs) Okay, I knew I would end up off topic on that one. (laughs) But yes, having a plan on your end is really important, friends. (laughs) But I will tell you that the real teacher magic happens when your students have a clear idea of what to expect in the lesson. As in, have you adequately prepared them for what they are going to experience week to week? Remember that students understanding expectations of themselves and of you is a really important element in developing a sense of belonging within the walls of your studio. Let's think about this one. How do you finish a lesson? Do you just work and work and work until the next student shows up, at which time you pack your current student up in a frenzy of panic and tell them that you'll just pick it back up next week? (laughs) I mean, we have all been there, but I do hope that our general experience is a little more intentional than that. I have an entire episode on finishing up your lesson. It's episode number 17 of this podcast, way back when, and I will provide a link to that episode in the show notes for today's show. I say all of these things because it is important that we are examining our routines as music teachers routines, and providing our students with an experience that they can somewhat predict is a huge contributor to our students feeling comfortable in their lesson. I'll give you a quick example of what I'm talking about. Many of you know that I began teaching a handful of group piano classes this past fall. That's going great, by the way. It's really been a fantastic decision, but we'll talk about that another day. Well, the general structure of my group classes is this. Students come in. We have a minute or so of catching up chat. (laughs) We do some kind of warm-up activity together that usually is related to oral skills in one way or another. Uh, Then we work the majority of class time with me just circling around to them individually. And then we have a performance time at the end of class for anyone who has something that they want to share with the group. Sometimes that is just one student. Sometimes all four have something they want to play. But that is by far like my favorite time of group class. Well, I have a particularly anxious student who has really blossomed in her confidence when it comes to playing for the group by the way. (laughs) She's really doing so well. She doesn't bat an eyelash at that at all anymore. But recently, shortly after our initial warm-up time, I was listening to her play her piece, and she was doing such a great job that I just said, hey, why don't we mix things up and just have you go play this for the group right now? It sounds great like it is, and I just can't wait for other people to hear it. 
<laughs> well, I thought I would be boosting her confidence, but <laughs> wow, did her eyeballs get big. <laughs> she was clearly terrified to play for the group outside of that predictable end of class window. Isn't that interesting? Upon further reflection, of course, I realized that she has a clear expectation for the flow of our class and the thought of working outside that sequence, even though she was ready to play by all technical accounts, was just terrifying to her. Incidentally, yes, I just let her wait and play at the end of class and she did beautifully without any struggles. But I say this because we have students who desperately need routine to feel their most confident selves. People like familiarity. Our 21st century entertainment culture is full of repetition because an audience likes predictability. They might also complain about it, but they are definitely still consuming it, right? But here is truly the best thing about a solid routine, friends. It gives you something to deviate from on purpose. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned how sometimes I will let my most eager students begin their lesson by playing every single piece that they want to show me that day instead of working through them one at a time. Last week, I also talked about how I mix things up when a student is finishing a method book. I'm coming up on the main point of today's episode, friends. Are you listening? <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> well, when you have established a solid routine in your lessons, it gives you a chance to break that routine in a way that is going to benefit your students. They are going to know that you care about them more than you do your routine. That is teacher magic, my friends. Capital T, capital M, teacher magic, period. Let me give you some examples. When I give Stevie a chance to play four pieces in a row for me, rather than my usual plan of hearing them one at a time, he can tell that I recognize how excited he is to play them. When I can tell that Laura has had a rough week and I present her with the opportunity to do some light sight reading instead of the Clementi Sonatina that she was supposed to have been practicing, she recognizes that I am more invested in her than I am her repertoire. When a student stops playing and I just say, wow, that was beautiful. I'm not even going to say another word about it, but could you just play me that ending one more time because it really gave me goosebumps. That student is going to know that they have done really well and that I am recognizing their efforts and their artistry. It's a break from that whole routine of, that was nice, but now let's do better. When I tell my students that next week we are going to have a teacher swap week and they need to prepare me a lesson assignment and come prepared to be my teacher and be able to help me with whatever pieces they choose, they know that I am planning something special for them, something out of the ordinary. 
And this break in routine can only be celebrated when there was a routine to begin with. (laughs) And I just felt like it was really important to point this out today, especially since I've been talking for the past several weeks about breaking routines. All right, friends, two giant takeaways from today's episode. Are you ready? (laughs) Number one, we need to be mindful of the routines that we are establishing and we need to make sure they are serving us in the way that we want them to. That's really important. And number two, establishing routines gives us a chance to break them in order for our students to feel seen, cared for, and creative. So while you ponder these very important things, I'm going to close us out with a toast for today. Music teacher friends from all over the world, today we acknowledge the many contradictions found in our everyday work. Today's glimpse into the equal importance of establishing a routine and strategically breaking that routine is just one example of the complexities about our work that only we can understand. Aren't we so glad that we have one another? (laughs) In the end, I hope we all come away from this episode renewed to consider these questions. You know, like, what do our students expect from their experience with us? And what do they think that we expect from them? Any way we can improve clarity on either one of those points is going to be a big win for all parties involved. Okay, I know those are some big points to ponder, and that is why I'm celebrating you today for all the ways you make this world a brighter place. One student, one routine, and one deviation at a time. Cheers to you, my brilliant teacher friends. Here, here. Right, that is episode 112 in the books. Thank you, as always, for joining me in this contemplation today. You know, when I let myself think about it, I am just always so impressed with the way that music teacher communities band together to share ideas and support for one another. I've been running this VIP group for my Studio Foundations course, and it's been an amazing group of women, so thank you guys if you're listening. (laughs) But we have been talking about how there were times in each of our lives when we had no clue that there were other teachers out there to help cheer us on and help us brainstorm ideas. I sure hope that you have a real-life network of teacher friends who help you feel seen and appreciated in this work. But if that is a struggle for you, or if you just need more of that in your life, I want you to know that I host a monthly gathering of intelligent, non-judgmental studio teacher friends each month in my Patreon community. 
So for $6 a month, that just helps support the podcast. You can join us via Zoom and share anything that's on your heart. I sincerely can't tell you how much these teachers enrich my life, and it's an honor to host that discussion every month. So if you have any questions about that, please reach out to me and I can help you decide if that group is a good fit for you. Uh, you can check out patreon.com slash beyond measure podcast. And of course, that link is in the show notes for this episode. You can also find the show notes for this episode at christinawhitlock.com slash episode 112. That's christinawhitlock.com slash episode 112. I think everyone should have a network of studio teacher friends in their lives, and I'm just really happy to be in a position to offer you one. (laughs) So that is it for today, friends. Let's all do our part to make it an incredible week inside and outside our studios. (laughs) Onward and upward, indeed. (laughs) 